Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Ben Dobbin with you this morning. It is Tuesday morning, the 27th of February. A very good morning to everybody listening to us through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers in the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to you. If you've missed any of our previous shows, you can always get us on Spotify, Rural Queensland Today, and you can come and get it anytime you like. It's there. Every previous episode, it is all there. Lots to get through this morning, um, but it's all about David Connolly. The former agent, then boss of AA Company, and now the managing director of the Tipperary Group, as well as the boss of the Northern Territory Cattle Association, joining me for a one-on-one this morning. I can't wait to share this with you. Let's get into it. David Connolly for the next hour on Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, look, our next guest I've known for a very, very long time. Um, I talk about the days where I started with Donny Tucker out of Springshaw and Graham Lloyd. Well, this bloke I met not long after. He was working for the opposition at the time. I think they were called West Farmers Dow Geddes at the time, and uh, he was one of the big dogs there. He's since gone on and has had a huge influence in agriculture throughout Queensland, New South Wales, and most recently the Northern Territory. He's been head of AA Agricultural Company. He's now um, the area manager, the general manager of the Tipperary Group of Stations in the Northern Territory and also uh, the Northern Territory Cattle Association president. His name's David Connolly. He's known very well to many people listening to this show. And he joins me for the first time on Rural Queensland today. David, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. G'day, Ben. It's a uh, long time since I've been speaking to you. I think uh, <laughs> the last time we might have been sharing a rail and as auctioneers selling yeah. cattle. Yeah, and that's exactly right. It It's quite a funny story where people land. And I, I always yeah. think about uh, where, where my journey's taken me to. And obviously, um, it, it's a completely different career path. But for yourself as well, it, it, do you have you pinch yourself moments? I mean, when I met you, I reckon I met you in '98, um, maybe '99, and and at that stage you were you were an intricate part of West Farmers Dalgetties, and and you went right through the food chain there, and then obviously onto AA, and you've had a very illustrious career. But do you now think to yourself, wow, what a journey, and 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 how you got to where you are now? Yes, I, I do, Ben, and I think the uh, I often reflect on. Uh, the disciplines and the skills that being a livestock agent for a um, you know a company that trains its staff, uh, those skills are probably what led me through life and might be doing the same thing for you, Ben. Uh, it's a very disciplined life being a stock agent. It's you work very hard, you do long hours, you do lots of driving, you look after a clientele, you learn to sell, you learn to do book work, you, uh, and I think that was the the setup that then allowed me to to, to poke through. And, and further my career first, you know, working for the big Australian agricultural company and then wanting to become a manager of cattle stations myself. And you now I've ended up a temporary group of stations and leading a very diverse uh, agricultural team here on, on this amalgamation of properties. Can I just go back to what you're saying? Because I've never agreed with a comment more. Um, people say to me, how did I get to the place where I have relationships with the Broncos and, and my day-to-day dealings, how I've been able to be so successful, and I've still got a long way to go. But I always say that it is around the discipline of being a stock and station agent. If ever there was a job where 
relationships were of the most paramount um, and discipline. And before mobile phones, we all worked from 6 o'clock at night till 9.30, quarter to 10, and then you were back on the phones every morning and then you'd work all day. And and it wasn't much of a life, but it was it was a way of life. Um, it, it really set me up, and, and, and it's right, and, it, and it's probably those principles that we look at the, the crap that's going on in the cities and the, and the regional centres where there is youth youth issues, getting them trained, getting them on stations, getting them into jobs, getting them disciplined, it, it, it speaks volumes. And you, we probably don't, I probably don't reflect on it enough, but what you say is so right. And it is the the cornerstone. I worked in the Territory as a, stock, as a jackaroo and then I became an agent. And it, it is the absolute foundation of my success today. It, it, there is no other way of looking at it. How do we get back to that? Well, how, how do we how do we get back to yeah, getting, well, that, getting well, that happen? Well, uh, no, I agree. I, I see the disciplines in being a, a jackaroo or, or a young station hand or young ringer. I see those disciplines very much the same as livestock agency disciplines, um, where you work very hard and you do the job that you have to do. You play hard too, but yep. the rule by the older fellows was always yes, you can play hard, but you must front. You must yep. front the next morning and, and do your job. So a few of us had to go through that. We all learn did. about that. We all did. Yeah. But, we all did. But I'm talking to the Northern, Northern Territory Government um, these days about uh, bringing some of this misplaced youth onto cattle stations. And they, they haven't been listening for a, for a good while, but there's a new police minister in, and new ag minister in town now. And they've come and, uh, and they're talking to the Northern Territory Cattlemen's Association now about um, how cattle stations can take some of these, some of these troubled youth, sure. if you like to call them that, I, I just call them ill-disciplined youth. Um, bring them on the cattle stations and teach them some discipline and hard work, and, and set them a direction in life. So I, I see a real synergy around that. Uh, those those sorts of things were in place years ago, and we we weren't having the trouble in the townships that we're having now. And I think that um, getting back to that sort of that sort of discipline, um, teaching people right from wrong for a start. Uh, would go a long way to stopping a lot of the trouble we're having in these towns. Yeah, you're dead right. David, can I – Tipperary's been unbelievable. Well, I mean, I think it was maybe 2018, 2019, you grew a cotton crop there and everybody said, oh, it won't work, it won't work. It, you know, why, why would anybody do that? And you made it work. <laughs> it's worked. And, yeah, and, and it's been a bit quite, like – it's, it's <laughs> like you're revolutionary. You, 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 you thought outside the square as such. Um and I'm going to get to the um, Northern Territory Cattle Association in a minute, but just from what your group is doing and, and how you have looked at alternative ways, um, we know renewables and we hear carbon footprints and we hear emissions, reducing emissions all the time. I reckon you guys were looking at this literally, um, and I've been looking from afar for a while, I, I reckon five or six years you've been working towards this. That, that's right. Maybe even a little – I came to Tipperary in, in uh, February 2015, and from, excuse me, that period in 2015 of getting to know the place, and then from 2016, um, we set forth on a on a on a plan to um, develop and, and bring in diversity into the into the cattle station. It's still a cattle station, and what a mighty cattle station it is. But we needed to be more diverse. And um, on the back of um, what happened in 2011 with live export bans, yep. on the back of a strengthening and, and burgeoning bureaucracy and government that's trying to that's trying to exit live export by stealth or by other means. Um, we needed. I'm trying to lead a charge that says we need to be more diverse in the Northern Territory on our properties. 
we're a little bit restricted because a lot of this land up here is perpetual pastoral lease and it's operated under the auspices of the Pastoral Lands Act. So there's only certain things we can do on the pastoral land, which is a pastoral activity. But if you grow crops that you can feed to your livestock, then then that's okay under under the Pastoral Land Act. Sure. There is something else that we can do. We can get things that's called a non-pastoral use permit, which has been brought in by, by um, previous government in the Northern Territory, which is a great thing, which allows you to do non-pastoral activities. Uh, cotton growing has been... Uh, we see that as a pastoral activity and so does the government of the land up here because we feed cotton seed to the cattle and we see the lint as a byproduct and we sell that lint, whereas cotton growers in the south, the lint's the main product and the cotton seed's the byproduct. So we've just screwed that around a bit. We run a carbon program here. We grow 10,728 citrus trees, uh, lemons. We grow all these lemons. We're, we're, and we do a cut, you know. I said the carbon program. We do a bit of tourism, so we do we do a number of things just to try and keep, you know, that the four thousand square kilometres of this land. Try and keep as much of it active as we can. Apart from the bits that we've uh, locked off as environmental areas where where humans and don't go, we we lock it off and leave it to itself. Leave it to the animals. The only thing we do on that land is keep the feral animals like pigs and buffaloes and those sort of things out of that land. So um, it's maintained its diversity. Um, it's a it's a hugely environmental significant place, Tipperary. It's a beautiful place. Um, so we've maintained that diversity, but we've also just trying to make uh, more of the land productive in in more areas of um, of farming, like so such as cattle and broadacre farming and the like. David Conley is our guest this morning, and we'll take a break. Come back with more. This is rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. David Connolly is our guest this morning. David, you've been very, very good in training and educating youth as well. Was that a focal point because of we all started off as cadets? I mean, I, I came, as I said, I, I started with Primac Elders at Springshaw and, and John Barrett and Graham Lloyd and Don Tucker were the guys I worked with and John Robinson very much. But educating young blokes and young men and women and giving them an opportunity and a start a pathway, that's been a focus as well for uh, the Tipperary group. Is that, yeah, is that something that that's right. because of because of your upbringing and, and just the opportunities you get, I, I, I don't know, am I right in saying you went to Gatton? Is that right? Did you go yes, to I went, I went to, yes, I went to Gatton, Gatton. College. Yeah. I did three three years at Gatton yeah. where I studied where I studied um, football and majored in womanising <laughs> and, 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 and came out of the end with a, uh, with a, a degree, degree in, lo- in, in stock inspection and uh, meat inspection, of yep. all things. And but, then um, I, got, I got headhunted at a B&S by a fellow, the late Jeff Still, uh, who headhunted me out of a B&S to, to become a trainee auctioneer, of all things. That's another story we can't go into that one. Yeah. And, um, and I became a trainee auctioneer, but... What what you find in the agency, or certainly back in those days, was that people, the older people, the more experienced fellows, they were very giving of their time and their yeah. training, and they would instill that experience upon you. Hundred percent. And what it so often did, and what it so often did to fellows like us, Ben, is as we grew up, then we gave of our time and of our experience, and it became, you know, quite to try and train young people and give them the skills. And I'm still doing it. We've got a camp of nearly ten young ringers here. You know the the young eighteen to twenty somethings, awesome. and um, 
you, you train them and try and give them the skills. And if I haven't got the required skills, there's someone on the station has, or, yeah. or we bring those skills in. We bring a, a specialist horseman in every year to teach them horse skills. All these, nearly all these cattle stations do this. It's it's a great training ground for young people. Oh, no question about it. Absolutely no question. So th- this part of your business is strong. You then, I don't know, and you need a medal. Um, you've always been involved on committees, and, and I know at Roma, when you're at Roma, and I understand all these things. Why? What was the desire to get back into the political landscape with the, with the Northern Territory Cattle Association, knowing full well that y- y- you're going to fight the government from woe to go from the very beginning, you go in there, you're going to fight the federal government under the current regime because they have had an, a, a disdain for live export for agriculture in, as a general rule outside of the southeast of, on the eastern seaboards. Well, my, um, I was trying to diversify a temporary group yep. uh, for the owners and um, I was getting frustrated with the bureaucracy that I was facing. Yep. Um, people have to understand that sometimes government ministers may wish for something to happen, but the personalities of the bureaucracy that you've got to deal with, so those people that sit in those those public offices, the public servants, they might have a different uh, personal opinion. It may not be the, the regulation of the land that they administer. They might, I've run into many, many public servants that want to administer their own personal beliefs or their own personal opinions. So I was getting very frustrated with that. And I've always engaged with the NTCA because it's a wonderful organisation for its members. And I um, decided that I needed a, I wanted to hold an office, be an office bearer so that I could, I could have greater voice. Firstly, from a selfish point of view, maybe so that I could help our own business. But what it became was I became very passionate about uh, trying to help all the cattlemen, the territories I could see what what uh, bureaucracy and what successive governments uh, didn't understand about our business. I don't. I don't think. You know, until recently, until recently, I haven't thought that that politicians get out of bed and say, "How can we, you know, how can we ruin a, a farmer's day to day?" I think that most of it comes from a lack of understanding yeah. of what we're trying to do, Ill-informed. and that they don't. Yeah, they're ill-informed, and we're not in their ear enough telling them what we're doing and why we're doing it. And and once informed. Um, opinions change very quickly and they get the truth of the matter. All they're hearing is they're getting beaten up by green activists every day because they live in town with them, whereas we live out here. But recently, uh, I'm not so sure. I I almost think, particularly under this present-day federal government, I almost think that they get out of bed every day and say, right, how can we stuff up the farmers' days? Because the policies they're changing, the, um, the rulings they're doing, the regulations they're putting in place, just day after day, it's been like a tidal wave of, of hammering people on the land. I've never seen the likes of it before. Let's talk about the 2011 was a dark day. Um, we, we've now seen and that, 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 that court case was thrown out and everybody in the Northern Territory, all the farmers were compensated and awarded. The judge absolutely awarded in, awarded in favour of, of the, the graziers. And the and the livestock right. owners. Now there That's has right. been 20, yeah. There's I'm been sorry, no- Ben. I was say yeah. In 2011, uh, it was just a ban, blanket ban. Um, no consultation. There Zero. Was consultation off the with- back of an ABC of an ABC hatchet job that came from yeah. from from the Four Corners program. An absolute hatchet job. They reacted like they always do, 
and they got and it wrong. It off. And they got it wrong. That's they right. got it wrong. They stopped yep. an industry. They stopped. <clears throat> so the judge awards, and, and well done to Tracy Hay. She did a great job, and, and, and it took a toll. But from there, you've taken up. There has been no money given whatsoever yet in compensation. What is the problem and why are the Labor government, and I mean this genuinely, I don't want to be like a, a shock jock in any way, but there is, no, in any other any other form of business, you get told you've got to pay that, you pay it. You pay tax, you've got to pay your tax. They have to pay yep. the compensation to the graziers that were disadvantaged and were part of that class action and not a dollar has been distributed. That's right, Ben. And it, one must reflect that it was a real disadvantage. So it's like you. It's like um, your listeners that are waking up in the morning and they put on their suits and they're going to work and government tells them that there is no longer that work and we don't have anything for you to do. No we compensation, nothing. Some, yeah, nothing. No nothing whatsoever. You, you just don't have any job anymore and that's what happened to these people. It only went for about a bit over a month, about six weeks the ban was in place, but the flow-on effects, we're still feeling them. Despite any court case or anything else, we're still feeling the flow-on effects because the customer, Indonesia, was badly affronted. You know, they read about the ban in the newspaper. Disgrace. So then in 2020, almost to the day, or 2021, in um, uh, or 2020, I think it was, almost to the day, 10 years later, within 24 hours of the... uh, of the anniversary date of when it happened in 2011, the court claimed, uh, the court made a ruling that the government had committed uh, a misfeasance, um, which is very, very hard to prove. So the lawyers, you know, it was an amazing case to win. Uh, It'll be taught in in law schools now and that they had to pay compensation. There's been a lot go on in those years since then. It was now in 2024 and that compensation still hasn't been paid. But let me tell you what what my opinion is, why it hasn't been paid. It's as simple as this. The same people who were in the cabinet who made the decision in 2011, the bulk of them are still the same people who are in the cabinet today. And if you look at the right hand of the father, when when, uh, Anthony Albanese stands up, who's and talks at question time or wherever he goes or some interview on TV, who's standing at the right hand of the father? Well, it's Tony Burke. Tony Burke, former Ag Minister. Tony, former Ag Minister. Tony, Tony Burke is the fella who's running this show. He's a hater of live exports. He's married a lady called Sky Laris, who is the agricultural advisor now to Anthony Albanese. Sky Laris is on record of writing papers saying things such as, all farming is inherently uh, cruel. You know, this is a this is an animal activist. She was a in a previous life. She was a you know a shock animal activist. These people don't like farm, and, and it's more than that now. I'm thoroughly convinced the, the Federal Labor Party don't like farming. We had one small uh, ray of light. Uh, uh, the agricultural minister, um, I think, but I think he's the fellow that's going to be going to be um, piled on about this. All the, all the blokes around him that he works with, they're going to leave Minister Murray Watt. They're yep. going to leave him holding the baby on this because he's the agricultural minister. Um, it, he actually and, is prepared to listen. To, to his credit, and, and he's been on our show many times, and everybody I speak to says, listen, 
He comes from the Gold Coast, but he'll listen. He'll actually ask questions and want to try and get an understanding of it, which that's all you ask for, David. That's all you ask for. You can't expect them to know how to to cut a calf or or brand a calf or or even, you know, ride point when you're mustering. But if they come and they want to listen. listen, You ask them to listen and make decisions. Murray Watt does that. But when they make wrong decisions, they also have to listen and, and say, I've got it wrong. You know, there was a Premier of Queensland years ago, and you'd remember, Ben, not that you and I were probably too worried about politics in those days, no. but Peter Beattie. Yeah. Peter Beattie used to say, you know, I've received these submissions to do these things, and this is the decision. This is what I am going to do. And then sometimes there'd be an outcry. You got it wrong. So he'd front the cameras again, and he'd say, you know what? I've listened to the people. I got this wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry I got it wrong. We don't know everything, but I got it wrong, and now we're going to change it, and we're going to do this. Yep. These, these other fellas in federal government, they, won't do they it. are the font, they're the font of all knowledge. Yep. They know everything. You know, you, you can't convince them uh, otherwise. I'm sorry I'm getting a bit No, 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 it's, it's, it's exactly what we, we, we want to hear from uh, as the, the – Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. David Connolly is our guest this morning. David – the president of the Northern Cattle Northern Territory Cattle Association. That's exactly. Hey, David, we'll take a break. Uh, this is rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. David Connolly joining us this morning on rural Queensland today. Mark Harvey Sutton speaks on this show often. He's pulling his hair out right. about what's going on with the sheep industry over in Western Australia. Um, he he, he well, can't. Well, that's, that's simply. That's simply a disgrace. So I've made several speeches about that and plenty of grandstanding and smacking the podium about it. The government says we went to two elections saying that we were going to ban the live sheep export trade that that is mostly based out of Western Australia. And people say, why are you making a stand against this, David? And I said, well, it's a short hop from sheep to cattle. Yeah, 100%. So that's, that's why we've made a stand on it. And so the government have said, we've been to an election, we've got a mandate to close down the sheep trade, which is arguable given that they only had about 30 or 32% of the, of the primary vote anyway. So then they've done a, a big submission around the country, sent a four-person team off to, to talk about the country. They got 4,000 submissions in, mostly saying, no, don't do it, that's ridiculous. Um, what a, and then they've stood up and said, you know, we had a mandate for these tax cuts, but we've decided to break our promise and change them. We've had a mandate on these other things. Uh, we're going to change them. They've broken that many election promises. You can't add them up. I can't even remember how many they've broken. Yet they can't change this live sheep trade. This yeah. seems to be the one they've stuck with. So what deal have they made? Well, t- you know, you could only imagine that Tony Burke sitting at the right end of the father's done some deal with a heap of activist groups, and it's an activist government because it's the activists that are running it. I, I can't even begin to agree with you any more than what you're saying. What, what, what happens now from from a, from a Northern Territory perspective with the markets, and they're talking there's new markets opening up daily and, and they're working overtime. Are we at threat? And, and, and you can only think if the government remains after October um, in this state and then next year with a federal election, if that, the same government remains... Are we under threat long term for our live export trade in the Northern Territory? Well, I think we're always under threat because, well, we certainly have been over the the last five years. Let's say if that's a, a yep. number I can pick, I, I have a personal belief that uh, the government bureaucracy has been told to squeeze the live trade out. It feels like um, they're they're closing the cattle trade by uh, over bureaucracy. 
over-bureaucratising the business. So the, the, the paperwork and, and the hoops that these um, live exporters have to jump through are completely unreasonable. The costs are unreasonable. So I liken it to a big python. You've got this big anti-live export uh, python that sits in the bureaucracy of the of DAF, the Department of Agriculture, Fisheries and, and, and all things non-farming. They, um, it's this big python that's squeezing this trade from the outside. It's squeezing the life out of it. So I, so I think, yes, it is. It's, it's under threat from the bureaucracy that, that attempts to govern it. And, um, but I also think um, that industries continue to operate because of a customer. So if a customer wants something, uh, then that's, that's why the industry exists. And these, you know, Malaysia and the Philippines and Indonesia and so forth, they're vast... Uh, vast populations of people that are clamouring uh, to have this product. We all know the arguments about why we can't um, process that product here and send it in boxes where that trade uh, exists, that trade's fulfilled, but there's also a vast clamour for live cattle. If, if the customer didn't want it, it wouldn't happen. We'd have to do something else. So I think the customer will pull that through. Um, I mean, what's happening with this case now is uh, the... Yeah. The, the government offered us $215 million on a, on a bill that should be one, that is, not should be, on a bill that's in excess of $1.2 billion. So we counted, um, took me, took us a while to, um, to stomach a $215 million offer. It's offensive. That, that was complete. That's offensive. It's just offensive. It, it's, it's hushed money for you to go away and forget about it. Well, it was disrespectful. There's 215 claimants. And, and they've offered $215 million, inclusive of interest, inclusive of solicitor costs. So after the solicitor takes his bid out and we pay the interest bill, you know, there's not enough left to make a sandwich. So we went back. Um, a lot of us had to stomach the offer we made, but we made a $510 million offer, which was half of, the, of, of what our perceived $1.2 billion offer is, plus interest, plus costs, which would take it to about eight or $900 million. Um, to pay out those costs, and then we distribute the 510. Well, we got a solicitor's letter back from the government saying they reject the offer. And still to this day, we've had no minister come out and say why they've rejected the offer. There's been no commentary from the government on it. Um, it's, it's just disrespectful. It's an election year in the Northern Territory this year, and um, this, I think... I think you know this is a hugely political issue. This has sure. got nothing about compensating struggling farmers or, or struggling cattlemen, or you know the, the some people have died waiting for waiting for compensation from this. Others didn't wait and they they suicided. It's been a tragic affair in the Labor Party's history that they don't accept, and um, they really have to make it good. And I really thought that the minister we had, Murray Watt, I still think he's a good bloke, but he's been totally overruled by the blokes in the background who will shake on the stick and um, he, he says it's a uh, Solicitor General or Attorney General Mark Dreyfus's issue. Well, that may be so, but I don't even think that Mark Dreyfus is no, wagging the sticklessness. He, he doesn't know. This no, has come from the top. This has come from the top and you've got yeah. it. You're bang, you're bang spot on. Hey, we're going to take another break. Loving this chat. David Conley joining us this morning on Rural Queensland Today. It's Tuesday morning, the 27th of February. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. David Connolly is our guest this morning. David, I'm yeah. going to ask you this, and, and 
And we're, we're so lucky to have you on the show this morning. And a lot of people listening, who you are very well known, obviously, through Queensland. So a lot of people listening um, understand this. It, it, it feels to me, and, and, you, and you didn't say it, but when, when you look at it and we talk, and I was talking to Kenneth Wagner about it, um, one of the Wagners the other day, about the political landscape. And he said, well, at some point, you've got to stand up and try and make a difference. And the wrong, the wrong people for many years just got into politics and we and we all in both sides of politics have had the wrong people but things are changing is this a start for you david like and i know you you're not you know you you, you as you said you started off at gatton and you got, would you consider going further in the political landscape well i have um, i accepted a vote this year and was voted in onto the board of the national farmers federation so i sit as a director of the National Farmers Federation, which is giving me some great insights more into into federal government philandering. Yep. Um, I, I, I think I do consider it. I enjoy it. I've, I've really, really enjoyed my time as president of the Northern Territory Cattlemen's Association. It's such a, it's a very busy, hectic um, scene there. Great staff and, and a lot of work done behind the scenes. A bit like a duck. Yep. It's, you know, you see the calmness on top of the water, but underneath they're paddling like buggery to, to stay afloat. So um, I, I really have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the agri-politics thing, but I've enjoyed it because I'm involved in it yep. and I'm, I'm I'm working on the issues um, that I'm passionate about that affect people just going about their daily lives. A lot of politicians, a lot of politicians come into politics to make a difference. There's no doubt about that. Um, but they, I know they get drowned out. They get hammered. They get beaten up by the bureaucracy. You know, they end up like yes, minister. They um, and then they go. Then, then after a while, they don't even realise that they're just going along to pick up their pay packets. Can you tell me this? Um, it, it, it's something I think people listening are saying, "Wow, wow, um, this is something pretty important." On a completely separate note, when I first met you, you were you're selling, and you had a bloke by the name of Peter Brazier who used to sell with you, and you guys, I remember, you dominated. He hang he hung up his uh, and retiring. I know he's no longer with Nutrient, but um, there's a lot of those agents, mate, from our era when we were all there that have decided enough's enough. Peter Brazier, the, the most recent that said it's time to, to, to put the gavel down and, and spend a bit of time with family and kids. <laughs> what a great uh, what a great auctioneer. What a great fella. What a great bloke Peter Brazier is and, and was and still is. But, um, you know, from a professional point of view, what a skillful auctioneer. What a, what a beautiful honeyed voice. Um, auctioneer, the, a fellow that could pull the, 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 the notes out of your wallet while it was still sitting in your pocket and you didn't realise they were coming out. You know, Peter Brazier was a um, – he formed part of our team, you know, Peter and I. But the guy that I – the guys that uh, – or guy that Peter used to sell with, uh, Garth Hughes, who's passed yeah. on, who was a great me- mentor for us. I, I was Garth's um, boss, but he mentored me. He taught me a lot of things. And uh, Garth and Peter Brazier were – you know, perhaps two of the the best auctioneers or part of the the best auctioneering team that I've seen for for, for stud stock. They were um, amazing, and, and here he is, Peter's hanging his spurs up. No, there was a fellow who used to work for Elders years ago too, Steve Hartwick. Oh who, mate. Um, mate, between Hartwick and Peter Brazier, they were the best two of yeah. like. And Garth, you talk, you take yeah. that Steve Hartwick gone to well gone to sooner. And even yep. and, and our and our mutual friend Rod Turner, who you know tragically part, yep. wonderful, wonderful auctioneers that are no longer with it's us. A, it, it's interesting you said before about training. 
probably, you know, the guy that I, as soon as you started talking about training young people, Rod Turner's face flashed before my eyes. Yep. You know, Rod Turner was one of the best trainer of young people that, no, I've, no that I've ever encountered. I'd, I'd hire young people. I'd be in a position to hire young people for the company, and then I'd send send guys to Rod, knowing that he'd do a certain job on them. He'd, he'd instill this vim and vigour and, and this uh, discipline and this want to win and, uh, they'd come out of Rod's place entirely psyched up, you know, <laughs> ready to ready to run on and carry the ball up. So young uh, he was he was yeah he was one of the great trainers and uh, yeah I, I wish Peter well in his retirement. He's had a long agency career. That goodness knows how many cattle he sold in his career. Yeah, you'd hate to think. Hey, David, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to do this again. I, I have wanted to get you on this show for a while, and it took some tracking down, mate. You. you uh, you know, you, you live in a, a good part of the world where mobile coverage at the moment still isn't at its best, but that's a whole other issue. It should be how yeah, how people can right. operate businesses without mobile service, and they expect us in this country, this day and age, is unbelievable. That's another day, but mate, it's an honour to have you on the show, and uh, I know a lot of people listening today will be absolutely chuffed to hear your voice. And I I think we're hearing, and I mean this genuinely, I say this a hundred percent. I really hope you continue down this track because I, I see you as a future leader in, in in the agricultural sector. Like, and I mean that genuinely. We need people who want to make a difference in this world, and that's what you're doing. So, I appreciate your time. And good on you, Ben. And um, I appreciate you saying that. I, I hear you're heading over to LA. I'm not sure if um, I'm thinking to myself. I'm not sure if the US is ready for you yet, mate. Look, it, it is. It is this time because it's a work trip. Um, it, at Christmas time, it, when I went to see Garth Brooks, no, it wasn't the best of things. But look, it, it's a work trip, and I'm very honoured. I'm very honoured to be calling the NRL over there uh, in a little under five days' time. So I'm very, very lucky. So it's going to be yeah, a good it's trip. It's really. It's really exciting. I mean, straight after this Super Bowl, it's fantastic marketing. What a what a great idea, you know, unbelievable. I'd like to uh, Travis that uh, Travis Kelf. I hear he's turning yeah, he's up. He's turning up, up. mate. He's turning up. I mean, Tay Tay's got a boyfriend there, and we're, we're leaving. But I mean, what could go wrong in well, Sydney? Well, someone should give him a steed and tell him to run the ball up without any pads on and see how he goes. <laughs> That's exactly right. Great to chat, David <laughs> Connolly. Really appreciate your time. Good on you, Ben. See you Thank now. You. Bye now. That's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Hope you've enjoyed the show. I loved that chat. I loved it. Bill McDonald joins you next, and we'll be back tomorrow morning from 9am on Rural Queensland today. Remember, when the wheat is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Till next time, from everybody here at Rural Queensland today, stay safe on the roads. It's bye for now. We'll see you tomorrow.